Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And today we kick off a series I've been looking forward to ever since we dreamed it up. These next seven conversations will keep you company during the summer like a perfect glass of bubbly punch or a day at the beach. Light, delightful, and hopefully whimsical enough to keep you believing in magic. I agree, Lisa Joe. And now I'm also remembering that when I was a kid, I told everyone who asked that I wanted to be an artist when I grew up. I just never knew it would look like this. Well, get comfy, friends. Here we go. Well, Lisa Joe, our listeners discovered in these recent podcast episodes that sometimes we set up a podcast series without any planning at all. We just find ourselves in the middle of a conversation and decide that it has a part one, a part two, a part three. (laughs) But this conversation is not that. This conversation is the first in a series, and we have got it planned out for some summer fun. I know we really wanted to find something that's kind of the equivalent of a podcast beach read, maybe, that you can Mm. listen when you're traveling this summer, or you've got half an hour when you're waiting in the car for your kids to come out of camp, or you're unwinding in the evening. And it's the equivalent of a book that's not super heavy, that's lighter and delightful, but it's not a book. It's a series of conversations that we are calling Seven Party Personalities. Because summer, as we know, is the season of gatherings. So whether it's graduation season or family reunions or family getaways or just you and your friends taking a trip together or the kind of events you do as you head back to school in the fall, we thought since we are huge personality Buff is too strong of a word for us, I feel like, but like we're fans of unpacking personality types and what they mean for us. And as you know, Christy loves to throw a beautiful gathering. We thought it'd be really fun if we unpack the personalities of different parties. So I think with that said, Christy, I'm going to read the menu, so to speak, of the Mm. seven different conversations that are coming up. So here we go. Seven party personalities. One, the artist. Two, the extrovert. Three, the romantic. Four, the introvert. Five, the wishful thinker. Six, the epicurean. And seven, the connector. And I hope as you were listening that maybe you already were like, oh, that's me. But I really want to hear about those other kinds because, Christy, we've talked about this. You and I, when we've heard people do series on the Enneagram, for example, have felt like, oh, wait, I can't wait till they get to the week where they do my number. Mm-hmm. That'll be so fun. So we hope here you will both see yourself in each of these descriptions a little bit. But at least there would be one that resonates deeply with your heart this summer to look forward to as uh, you're moving through these slower months. Mm, I agree. And I also hope that for some of our listeners, maybe they'll get some ideas for how to gather, how to gather in new ways, maybe how to do it more easily to fit with their personality. Um, So while this isn't just a party how-to, I do hope 
that we will get to hear from some of our listeners about the parties they're inspired to have this summer. More parties. It's time for parties. (laughs) I know. It's so wonderful that we're in a season of gathering again. And I think that brings us to our first party personality as we unpack a party that kicks off the series that we actually just did in real time together. So seven party personalities, number one, the artist, because we were just recently gathered at Christie's house for, and I will say genuinely, Christy, of my seven years of gathering at Maplehurst, maybe the most magical party I've experienced. And when friends asked me, what was it like? I actually used these words. It felt like Narnia come to life. I love that. Enchanted. It was. It was enchanted. And uh, when I use the word enchanted, I mean alive, like extra alive, not just sort of our ordinary life alive, which is sometimes kind of sleepy and dull, (laughs) but like utterly alive. I often tell people to go with the Narnia theme for a moment, that the thing about the white, so Narnia under the white witch, it wasn't enchanted. It was dead. It was asleep. And then Aslan came and woke it back up again. And then it became an enchanted place where the animals were holding feasts and the trees were talking. And yeah, I think our garden party was a little bit like that. So I hadn't even told you yet, Lisa Joe, but last night I got the photographs from the photographer friend who was there, Alyssa Ruth Photography. If you are in, I don't know, anywhere around this southeastern Pennsylvania area and you need a great event photographer, oh my goodness, Alyssa Ruth Photography. I felt like looking at the pictures, so I responded right away and I told her, I feel like I just saw a great movie. (laughs) But it also was like reliving the party. I think that's what an excellent photographer can do is that they don't just record the party, but they They capture the story and the emotion, and then you get to relive it. So I feel very fresh with this conversation because I just relived the story of the party through these photographs last night, which I will share with you promptly, I promise. So when we talk about an artist party personality type, I I think of Christy is who I've always thought of. And I will say that when we talk about the artist party personality type, we're talking about it in the context of this garden party that Christy hosted at her house. So the event for us was a garden party, but it might look differently in your home. If you're, if you're creating a gathering that is supposed to do what a great artist does when they bring people together. And so I feel like what I really want Christy is to start at the end because after the party was done, you and I sat down at nearly midnight on the sofa in your library and just unpacked that party experience. And this is where I got a glimpse into you as an artist when it comes to creating a moment like this. Do you do you remember what I'm referring to? Because I was so taken aback. I said, oh, I can think of creating a book that way, but I've never thought about like a, a party being an artistic expression of who you are. Ah, well, I totally believe that. I totally think that. I have lots to say about it, but I don't remember what exactly I said to you. <laughs> well, uh, you'll get it as soon as I start saying it, because you were talking about how gatherings are like art. It's like putting together a perfect meal or a painting because it has all these different creative elements that you are trying to create mm-hmm. an experience for somebody. And and I think that's what really struck me. Like you were mindful of 
the experience you wanted the party goer to have mm -hmm. and you were the artist, the architect of the event. Do you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about now? Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, I can't imagine personally <laughs> putting a party together, like a, a meaningful, I'm, you know, and this summer we'll talk about more casual gatherings, more formal gatherings, more last minute gatherings, you know, but this kind of party that I approach like an artist, which is something that involves planning, it's on the calendar for a little while, you have time to think through the details, you're making certain choices about food or decor or atmosphere. And, um, Absolutely. What I'm doing in e each of those is like, just like a writer when I'm writing a book and I'm trying to put myself into the reader's position, like how does this read? How does it feel to sit down with this as a book? It's the same thing for a party. How does it feel to be the guest entering? How does it feel to be the guest in the space? Um, and one goal I've always had for parties here at Maplehurst that I have never achieved until <laughs> the garden party was that when, because I've created this place, the gardens and, you know, the house. And so when I have a, a party that involves outdoors, maybe an inside outside gathering or just an outside gathering, it, I really, I have this goal that I want people to move through the whole space. I want them to experience the whole space. So for instance, at my home, what that means is I don't want them to come to a party when the flowers are blooming and somehow miss ever seeing the flower garden or hanging out in one corner and not even realizing that somebody was like making pizzas on the other side of the house. Like my goal is that somehow I've set it up so that people get to experience all of it and that they feel really comfortable to, to move through the space. Um, so a, a side note, and I think this will come up later, but just stay tuned for this. A party I recently gave involved a scavenger hunt in order to move people through the space. I won't say any more about that. The garden party didn't have a scavenger hunt, but as I was thinking about where's the plant sale, where's the book table, where are appetizers being served, where are drinks being served, I was literally drawing a map of my house and yard and like placing things on the map and um, trying to make sure that if someone arrived, that there would be sort of a clear journey or path through the space so that they could enjoy everything. I didn't, I don't want them to miss out. I mean, we've all had that experience where we go somewhere, maybe somewhere new, and we're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize they were serving cake in the other room, you know? Right. <laughs> I missed the cake, right? I didn't want anyone to miss the cake, basically. It was definitely a vision that you had created that I had never really experienced that artistic mindset of putting together an event that sees each of the elements as either a, you know, a color on your palette or, you know, kind of clay or, you know, if you, whatever it is that you use as your medium, Christy used that, her space, but not just her space, the people she invited in. And for me experiencing it, and I got the benefit of I mean, I arrived late in terms of helping plan. I wasn't there in time to help set up that day because I was coming from further away. So when I arrived, I had this really unique experience of getting to experience it both as a guest as well as a co-host because then Christy had invited all of her friends into different parts of the party to help in the artistic enterprise. And it was so fun because one of the ideas she had that was so great is she had three of us standing at the driveway at the welcome table, not sitting at chairs, but standing with clipboards to check people in. So we should first share context-wise, there were about how many people? 50, 70 
including like family and helpers, there were probably 70. About 70 yeah, 75 maybe. So not your, not your average size party. And so because of that, people had registered, they had bought tickets, it was an event, it was a garden party, it was advertised locally in Christie's community, local author and gardener hosts party, but her friends and family were there, it was a book release. So there were three of us stationed at the entrance as people were arriving, and it was so smart is we had clipboards, we weren't sitting down trapped behind a table, we had clipboards and pens to check people in, so we could stand there, and I'll never forget the vision of people walking down the driveway down this long avenue of trees toward us and their faces they were just looking around in awe and wonder and i i have to describe the evening if you are from this area on the east coast you know how hot and sticky the summer can be and it's temperamental like either it's hot and sticky or it's pouring rain there doesn't really seem to be an in-between but this was truly a magical evening out of a book it was the most perfect balmy weather the sky was blue white puffy clouds there was a cool breeze, like a gentle summer breeze. It wasn't hot. It wasn't humid. There was no rain in the sky. The next day, it rained all day. It was Mm -hmm. perfect weather. And as people were walking toward us, we had clipboards. And and this is where I feel like I learned something about the artist. So what the artist does when they're creating an event is they make you part of of the art with them. And so it was so meaningful to me who had done nothing to deserve it. I felt like I was simply given the gift of Christie's vision and then I got to step into it. We got to welcome all of these people walking down the driveway into this utterly ethereal, magical night. Picture, if you will, there was a crepe catering truck. And I'll let Christy share the backstories, but there was a, a crepe food truck. There was a family who were, you know, multi-generational wine growers and distributors. There was an, you know, a monster gardener who was there with flowers set up. There was music and singing in French. There was an Italian family making pizzas. And there we were standing welcoming people into this. And I'll never forget their faces they looked exactly to me like that scene in Narnia, the lost book called The Lost Battle, where people arrive and have the experience of how everything is both brand new and familiar at the same time. And so as people arrived at Maplehurst, they had this look of coming home to somewhere they'd never been before. And so getting to stand there and welcome them and then describe to them the flow of the garden top 10 party moments of my life. And as I was in the moment, it hit me, oh, this is only happening. I'm only having this feeling because an artist created this party and let me be part of her art. I'd n- I've never had that experience before. And I can't take full credit. Um, I have to to share some of the credit with a friend of mine locally. Her name is Danny, and she's from Hilltop Flowers. She's a local florist, and she does garden design. She grows her own flowers, and she's recently become a good friend. And when I first had this idea for this party, I knew that I wanted to sit down and talk with her about it. And um, when we had that first conversation about it, and she was just asking me, well, what do you envision? What do you want? And I sort of fumblingly, you know, started saying different things. And she really encouraged me to, to consider, like, what is the story of the party. What, what is, and theme is too, like she may have used the word theme, but I don't think she did. Cause I think um, 
maybe some of our listeners as well. If we think of a themed party, it can feel like something that is like a costume party or, um, and, and sometimes that can be really fun. You know, a kid, a kid's birthday party is often themed with unicorns or mermaids or superheroes. Um, and so that's sort of what I'm talking about, but like dial it way back <laughs> so that the story is somehow like the foundation of the party, like the ground on which it sits, but not so, um, uh, you know, evocative of like a child's themed birthday party. So she kept sort of asking me that. And I remember at the time thinking, well, what does it matter? I mean, I was, I didn't really think that, but I sort of, I, I questioned how important that aspect of the party was. Like, isn't it enough to just think of disparate elements that are um, beautiful and lovely and would be fun to experience and put them together into a party? Um, but she kept asking me and we did. We, land, we landed on a story that felt meaningful for the party. Essentially, the community where I live has a real heritage of gardening and especially of rose growing. And there's a particular story, I actually share it in my book, Placemaker, about um, the relationship between the local rose growers and French rose growers. And a very special rose was flown out of France right on the eve of invasion um, during World War II and came to my little town. And then after the war was released was named Peace and became one of the most popular roses ever. So this like nostalgic story of <laughs> West Grove's rose was like the story grounding the party. Um, and I realized that having that, that story underneath not only gave me language for communicating, like when I invited people, or, but also like it led certain decisions. So you mentioned the musician who was singing in French and English. I mean, in some sense, that was utterly serendipitous. I just happened to, to meet someone who knew someone. But at the same time, um, I had gone through some other music choices and nothing felt quite right and then when I was introduced to the singer who could sing sort of old-fashioned songs in two languages, well, because we had this story already, sort of holding this story, it was so obvious. Oh, my goodness. Whatever it takes, <laughs> we will invite Mariah Bonner and, uh, and her band for the music because it's so clearly fit with the story. Um, but then some of it isn't about planning. It's more of like... I don't know, just gift and grace. Because one detail that was left undecided for me for a long time was um, the dessert. What sweets, you know, what little sweet finishing touches would I serve? And I liked the idea, the sort of whimsy of a of a ice cream truck. But again, with the story, that felt a little too youthful, a little too child's birthday party. Um, not that I ever went to a child's birthday party with an ice cream truck, but, <laughs> but ice cream trucks, you know, speak of children. And, uh, but with the French theme, I actually had in mind, Lisa Joe. I thought, oh my gosh, a truck would be so fun and whimsical. But what I want is a truck that serves crepes, dessert crepes. And I wouldn't even have thought of that as a, like, I wouldn't even imagine that's yeah. a reality. Like, I've never seen that before. I cannot. No, I haven't either. I can't, yeah, I can't even yeah. conceive of such a thing. <laughs> no, it's, and I feel like that moments like that are, are maybe where, where artistry comes into play, because I think what artists do, whatever their field, whatever their medium, um, artists imagine things aren't there like they have a they have a vision they see something oh if only you know so as a gardener oh if only my garden my garden had 
you know, a combination of red and blue in that corner. If only I, I repeated the purples over here, right? You're seeing things right. that aren't there. Like that's what artists do. Or you're a storyteller. Well, you're imagining, you know, connections that aren't just immediately obvious. And so, yeah, I was imagining like, oh, my ideal party, we would have a food truck serving <laughs> dessert crepes. So here's the story, Lisa Joe. I mean, this is wild. Many emails into back and forth with Mariah Bonner, um, who was bringing uh, her her music from Baltimore, she just casually mentions in an email. <laughs> she just mentions, she says, I'm sure you have all the food figured out. But just FYI, my husband owns a food truck. He serves very simple foods, things like crepes. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> and like my jaw dropped and I like ran to Jonathan. I was like, Jonathan, I don't know anything more about this, but we have to do this. <laughs> And I love how you describe it as how art is that way. I think about writing books and how often when I'm writing, I am the most surprised at how the book turns out. Like it's coming (laughs) out of my brain. And yet I'm astonished. I just finished a chapter in a new book that had been really hard to write and Christy's read it. And at the beginning of the chapter, there's a quote from one of my favorite songs where I talk about how Bob Marley sings this line, everything's going to be all right. And uh, I wrote and wrote and wrote this very, very long chapter. It's like 8,000 words. And for context, the chapter should be like 3,500 words. And at the very end, as I was writing this moment where I'm saying goodbye to Pete when we were just dating, and I remembered what his favorite song was, I was I saw it happening. I saw it coming at me like an email from someone talking about crepes. I saw that line coming back. Oh, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, that's so good. This chapter is going to end again with that quote from the song. And I was able to think about that as if it were outside myself, as if I had not made that connection. Because mm-hmm. art is weird like that. It's both something you create, but also you receive at the mm-hmm, same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the perfect descriptor for this kind of party by an artist who is creating experiences that she receives or he receives, but that others are receiving yeah. and giving her at the yeah. same time. I really think, and maybe this is the the place to focus on as we end this first initial, you know, um, story about party personalities. The cr- the crazy thing to me is that so, and it has to do with this idea of enchant- enchantment. So we use that language at the beginning, and I use it quite seriously. Like you can use it to say it was a magical night, and but I, I actually mean like it was enchanted, and it had this kind of living spirit. And and this is what I mean. So an, as an artist, I can try to control everything. And I think in our art, a certain amount of that is is excellent, right? You're in control of your tools. You're in control of your language if you're a writer or, or your technique and your paints and your colors if you're a painter. So, um, you know, your, your experience and your training and all of that comes into play. So, you're, you're controlling this thing. You're in charge. But then, every, you know, I've heard so many um, novelists in particular talk about creating these characters and then the moment where the characters start, like, telling them what to do <laughs> yeah, or doing their own things, right? I hear them say that. Yes. Yes. So that then there's this element of like other things sort of coming into play. And so, you know, one thing I could have done for this party is I could have like, you know, maybe if you're planning a wedding or something, I could have sort of hired out every element of it. I could have just um, had a bigger budget, hired, for instance, a caterer and just brought that business in to take care of all, all the food, for instance. Um, but I just kept having this sense that, that I, that it, 
that I wanted to make more relational choices. So that's why, you know, I really just tried to invite um, my friends in, people I knew. I tried to work with people I knew, like having that conversation with Danny. So it was more relational. And then what happened? And this is what, this is why I think the night was so magical and had this feeling of enchantment of like something coming to life, not just, oh, this caterer and caterers are wonderful. I mean, that's its own kind of art, but not just like, oh, look, this catered food is lovely. Um, But it was somehow beyond that. And I realized it's this extra element of art that I think is rooted in relationships and community. So the garden party, yes, it was my vision. Um, Yes, mostly I was making these decisions to determine how it would go. But at the end of the night... The party only happened and only happened in the way that it did was because of my friendships with you and with so many who were there that night who were themselves acting like hosts and hostesses. You with your clipboard and my friend, our friend Jen, you know, out there with clipboards, my friend Melissa at the book table, dear Stephanie, who was creating that gorgeous um, drink station, or our friend Elrina, who thought of something I hadn't, hadn't even thought about, and she ran around making sure that the band and and everyone who was sort of stuck in one place had glasses of cold ice water. Um, everyone entered in, and that, I think, is what made it a true work of art. Not just something I had planned out and created to look pretty, but something that came to life in a way that um, that meant everyone within it sort of came to life and offered their best and participated more like a dance that we hadn't even yeah. planned. We hadn't even choreographed. And yet it happened. I would go further even and say that you invited fellow artists in too. So the crepe truck, you know, that's his art, making crepe and the family with wine. And then you just have to end by sharing about the pizza family because I think for for those of us in the midst of that moment, it was a reminder, a small glimpse of how God, I think, sees the gifts He's given to each of us. Because often we experience our gifts in isolation. You're writing, or you're an artist, or you're a baker, or you're a teacher, or you're, you're a mathematician and you have the art of equations. But you're often alone. And I think why the night was enchanted is when you bring all of that creativity into one shared space, and everybody is operating out of the strength of their giftings, It's why the air almost felt alive with the weight of the creator is what I would say, because I feel like it was a moment of seeing, oh, this is what God does. He gives gifts. And then he says those gifts are the best when they're in community. And that's what an artist is truly doing in those moments. And the pizza guy, I I keep calling him the pizza guy. They're the amazing (laughs) Italian family. They were, for me, the pinnacle of that. Yeah. And the story of Justin, the pizza guy from Brothers Pizzeria here in West Grove, really goes back a couple years now. So it goes back to the beginning of the pandemic where my husband, at that time where we were kind of locked down and um, not able to go to restaurants, we started to worry about a few of the local places that were owned by local families that we cared about. And um, he decided that every week, we would order from one of these places. And in our little town, there's not very many. There's just a couple. We would order takeout. And in order to just support, you know, these businesses that might be struggling. So this was several years ago now. But we've kept up the tradition. Um, the other thing about my husband is that he is 
<laughs> almost aggressively friendly. Like, like <laughs> it's, it's a, a great, challenge yes, to him. Like, and not, not again, not in an aggressive way, no, but like if someone in a business or out in the world doesn't seem to want to talk to him or like he just loves softening people up. He just loves making friends. Yeah. He loves making friends. And he loves every encounter to be friendly. And so, um, and so imagine now he's gone to this particular, in this particular, this family owned pizza place now every week for our children. It's like their favorite thing for takeout. He has made sure every time he goes to talk to the guys <laughs> things we would pizza. never do we would just get our pizza and go uh, immediately exactly. <laughs> i told him jonathan when you're out of town and i just order a pizza i just i the restaurant will deliver i just right. have them deliver right. and i'll even say like leave it at the door <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> but that's is, what i do john's art is people is making john's friends. art is people yeah so he has just made friends with this pizza place so Fast forward to the party, um, I knew that I wanted to use um, the pizza oven that we recently installed. Um, Jonathan has dreamed of um, a wood-fired pizza oven for many years, and we were finally able to do that, put that in for him this last year. And while he's learning, and he's, I love his pizza, he, he can't cook pizzas for 80 people, and, and I didn't want him to. He needed to be able to just enjoy and do other things. And so we had this idea, gosh, it'd be so great to use that pizza oven. But who, who, do we, who can cook pizzas in a pizza oven like that? And dead end after dead end, I couldn't, I, I thought maybe a caterer. I kept looking, I kept asking. And then it, was, it felt quite last minute where he said, you know what, Christy, I'm just going to go talk to the guys at Brothers. <laughs> and I was like, but they don't even have a, I don't, mm, I don't know, but okay. So he talked to the guys at Brothers, Lisa Joe, um, the owner, Justin, they were so excited <laughs> to use a wood-fired pizza oven. It's an outdoor, outdoor, <laughs> an outdoor in the garden, wood-fired pizza oven. Yeah, they were so excited that they they just kept telling them, oh my goodness, we, we don't know our work schedules, but we will make this happen. We will make this work. We will come to your house and make pizzas. Thank you so much for inviting us. And, and we, we, we don't want you to pay us. And, and he had told me that and I kept thinking, well, no, no. Yeah. Once they serve 70 people, they'll change their minds. (laughs) But at the end of the day, they were so excited to come and use their pizza making artistry in this oven. They made all the dough the day before. They brought all these toppings. um, And for hours, Justin stood there and made pizza after pizza. And I've heard from so many people who've said, oh my gosh, it was the best pizza I've ever had. And so like so Italian, like some (laughs) of the pizzas didn't even have cheese on them, like not American at all, just glorious Italian pizza and and didn't ask for a dime just because they were having so much fun. And um, I even said to Jonathan this week, like, do you think they would just come over some night and make pizzas and we can just have a pizza party. Like it was so good and so much fun. Because so, I mean, they go to Italy once a year. They yeah. learn the craft. And I love that at like 1030 at night when the party was shutting down, the owner himself arrived and wanted to fire up some more pizzas with more Jonathan. Pizzas. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. It makes me think of I actually went and found the quote from the last battle that 
to me, perfectly sums up not just your garden party, but the, the heart of an artist that is really God's heart for us and how I think God sees us and our invitation home to heaven. I think we've often thought as heaven is a place far away that's weird. We don't know what it'll be like. Are we just sitting in the clouds? But no, I think it will be like nights like this. And there's this quote as they're entering into Narnia, into heaven after the last battle. It says, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I have been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. Come further up, come further in. And I think that garden party, because of your your artist's heart and God's artist heart and all the artists that were gathered together, it felt that way. Come, come further in, higher up. Oh, thank you, friend. Well, I'm excited for our next conversation. Coming up next, The Extrovert. See you next week. Thank you.